0: Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time, or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators.
1: So, so far, I want to to do a bit of a flip on what we've been doing so far. So we're doing this series out of the cave, yeah? And so far, the series is about what leads me into the cave. What's the stuff that leads me into the separate... We talked about cave being separation. And, Doug, Doug, and both Doug and Ken have talked about this. When we go into a cave through anxiety or depression, we separate ourselves from people. We separate ourselves from, from God. And we've talked about what leads us into the cave. And then what are the things we can do to, to get ourselves out of the cave? Well, I'm going to do a bit of a swing on that, a bit of a switch on that tonight. Because how many know that the Bible says really clearly, when there's a guy who went up to Jesus and he said, Jesus, there's so much to understand about faith, can you break it down for me? And he said, yep, two things. Do you remember? Love God and love others. Love God, love people. So today, what I wanna do is I wanna unpack this same verse that we've been using as our text, but I don't want you to see it through your eyes. So we're gonna talk about what not what leads you into the cave and what brings you out of the cave, we're gonna talk about what you do that pushes others into a cave. What do I do that pushes others into a cave? And then I'm also gonna talk about what I believe God says to us about what you and I can do to help lead people out of the cave. So this is a, this is a message for you, but not about you. Because we're called to love God and love others. So we're gonna talk about how can we love others better? Understanding This verse. Is that okay? All right. So we're going to unpack the same verse again. We're going to look at, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because many of you have, have seen it all before, but we're going to look a little bit at 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse uh, from verse 1, and we'll go along the way and set the scene, and then we'll unpack it a little bit. <clears throat> so, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, and, now, and how he had killed all the prophets, all Baal's prophets, all the, the evil prophets, if you like, with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. In other words, Jezebel writes this note, sends a messenger to say, I'm gonna deal with you just like you dealt with all of my prophets. You killed them. Upon upon receiving this message, This is what Elijah does. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. How many people have been to that place? I've had enough of this. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And then the story goes on that an angel appeared to him twice and provided food and encouragement and direction and he traveled 40 days and nights still in fear and then he hides in a cave. And then the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And then God says, go out and stand on a mountain because the Lord's gonna pass by and and you've heard the story over the last few weeks and then this powerful wind tears mountains apart and shatters rocks and the Lord's not in the wind and then this earthquake comes and the Lord's not in the earthquake and then this fire comes and the Lord's not in the fire and then this gentle whisper comes and it's the Lord's voice. And in the gentle whisper, in verse 13, there it is again. What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah? What what, what are you doing here? Why are you in this place right now? Because you know God and you know what God's capable of. So I want us to consider the same question that God asks Elijah twice. What are you doing here? Or or if you like putting it another way, how did you get here? And I want to look at some ways that maybe we help others to get into a place like Elijah, maybe ways that we might push others into an unhealthy cave, unhealthy cave moments, and then what can we do to bring them out? What holds other people captives? What entraps others? What separates other people from God? And what, God forbid, do we do that may lead people in that place, push people in those places? As I've been preparing this, God has shown me that I do that. The pastor leads people away. I do because I'm human. And so sometimes I miss things or sometimes I say things or sometimes I do things. But I want to look at this story and find out what was it that pushed Elijah into a place like this. So that we might understand what we might do that rob others of the joy and the peace and the love and the truth and the freedom that God wants to bring. So what was it that led Elijah to a place of fear and anxiety and hopelessness? Do you know, it was something so small, yet something so powerful. Do you know what it was? Words. Words. Think about it. Jezebel got a messenger and gave the messenger a message, gave them words, wrote them out probably. Or if not, spoke them out. And then the messenger comes and speaks out or gives words. These words, these threats, and Elijah runs. The words of Jezebel created pain, grief, and heartbreak. How many know the things we say, the words that we use, have such power? You know, there's power in the tongue. Even even though it's probably one of the smallest things, smallest muscles, if you like, in our body, it is the most powerful. The Bible says really clearly, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, the Bible doesn't exaggerate. Jesus doesn't exaggerate. He tells truth. The Bible is truth. So what you say can bring life and bring death. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Life and death. The, the paraphrase version, the message version puts it this way, words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Read, you and I get the choice of whether we're gonna speak or write or text or insta or facebook or email life or death we have that sort of power in words and i see that as encouraging because i get to i get to do, if i get this right i get to breathe life and speak life and speak hope and speak encouragement but i know that there are times where i haven't there are times where i've gone the other way And Jesus is passionate about this. Let's look at a time when Jesus gets really fired up and passionate as he instructs the teachers of the law and he instructs the Pharisees about this truth regarding the words they were using. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33 says, a tree is identified by its fruit. I love how Jesus just shares stories where it's kind of the end of the story and it's almost like, mic drop. Get this one. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, a fruit will be bad. Everybody goes, yeah, well, that's obvious. And then he goes, you. You brood of vipers, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day, for every idle word you speak. Verse 37, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Do you get that? And we're gonna stand before the Father and he's gonna say, let's just look at how you spoke. Let's look at how you text. Let's look at what you put on Facebook. Let's look at what you put in Insta. Because these words are gonna either acquit you or they're gonna condemn you. Wow. You know, I was sitting around a leaders meeting a few years ago and I, I got our leaders together at the church, previous church, a couple of churches ago that I passed. And I got our leaders together and I asked them a question. I said, as part of a kind of a uh, personal development time, and I asked the question, I said, I want you to tell me a time where words that were spoken over you had an impact on you. Tell me about a time when somebody spoke something over you and it really had an impact on you. And these were leaders within the church, youth leaders, uh, children's ministry pastors, associate pastors, leaders within the church. And each of them told a story, one after the other, of negative words that were spoken over them. Some from primary school that they'd remembered and carried. Some from a spouse or a parent. Some that were starting out in a ministry and somebody spoke negativity over to them and the fact that you can't do that, you don't have the gifts to do that, you don't have the abilities to do that. Some where they were in the church and people were attacking their strengths with words and what blew me away was I didn't say tell me a negative time. I just said tell me a time words had been spoken over you. And every one of those leaders told me about a negative time. Not one of them said, I remember a time when this person just spoke life over me. Just in And I'm not saying it never happened. But what's interesting is that's what they remembered. That's what they carried. You see, hurtful words stay with us. Why? Well, there's an old saying, you know exactly what I'm going to say sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Words will never hurt me. Names will never hurt me. How many know that's a lie? That's a lie. It's absolutely a lie. Names and words do hurt, they're so powerful. The words we've spoken other can give life and death. So what I'm going to do now, I want to smash out a few Proverbs. Can I smash out a few Proverbs? Can we, can we get into the Scriptures and really understand this? Get into the Word a little bit and understand the power of this. Because I don't want you just to see this and go, well, okay, Murray's telling me I've got to be nice to people. It's, it's so much more than that. So much more than that. Proverbs 18, 19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments, separate friends like a gate locked with bars, but wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring, there it is again, death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the benefits or the consequences. Life and death are in the power of words. Bondage and freedom in the power of words. You see, words are powerful. Everything you've said this week has either lifted someone up or tore them down. That's what happens with the words that we say and the words that we write. You know, I'll come back to the Proverbs that we're going to smash out. (laughs) In World War II, there were these US posters showing a drowning soldier in the ocean. And it was a poster of a drowning soldier in the ocean with these four words. Loose loose lips sink ships. Say that quick. Loose lips sink ships. They were on the poster with this drowning soldier. And what it was about, these posters were put around everywhere to remind the soldiers when they came into dock to not talk to people about where they were going next because the U.S. realized there were spies everywhere. And so what they would do, they would know, find out where they were going to dock, they'd sit around, they'd buy these sailors drinks, find out where they were going to go next, and then plan an attack on where they were heading to where they were going next. So they started putting posters up saying loose lips, sink ships they realized if you're loose with your lips if you're loose with what could it could cause death to you and the rest of the army the rest of your regiment loose lips sink ships they're powerful words are powerful and words penetrate words penetrate Um, i've seen a lot of different facts um, uh, different statements uh, around this uh, but approximately men speak seven thousand words every day you all know I'm going to tell you women speak a lot more than that. And, and women speak 20,000 words every day. And then women would say, the reason we do that is because we have to repeat ourselves so you men listen to us and understand what we're saying. That's what, that's what Kaz says to me when, when I say, honey, I know, I hear you. And she says, no, you don't. I need to tell you again. But they penetrate, they, words penetrate into our hearts. Proverbs twelve seventeen says, an honest witness will tell the truth. But a false witness tells lies, and the words of the reckless, the words of the reckless, pierce like swords. And the tongue of the wise brings healing. I'm not going to ask for you show our hands, but I know many of us in this room have have experienced bullying in some way, shape, or form. You know what bullying is? It's words bringing death. It's negative words being spoken over us, texted over us, insted over us, Facebooked over. When I say words spoken, I'm talking about words spreading out, penetrating out. That's what bullying is. Our words can be like a tapo- torpedo into relationships. They can ambush reputations. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers up. Think about a time when somebody came to you and they spoke just the right word, at just the right time you know whether it's god speaking through them or whether it's just them recognizing and wanting you to know how much you're loved and appreciated and how much did that lift you up we go oh you know we 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 worry about saying that that was a good thing well what i want us to hear today is when was the last time you did that for someone else When was the last time you just spoke words of encouragement? You know, prophetically, I spoke prophetically over a couple of people before we started or as we started. That's just speaking life, hearing God's voice and speaking life. You can even do that without hearing God's voice. You can just tell someone, I love your smile. I really appreciate you. Someone over there doing that now. I love it. I love your smile. He wasn't smiling, but maybe she was encouraging him to smile more. I don't know. But that's... (laughs) You know, that's the sort of stuff that God, want, God wants us to do. He wants us to speak the right words at the right time. My dad, um, whom I love dearly, passed away August last year. And the, one of the many things I remember about my beautiful dad was he always spoke life over me. Son, I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. Gee, you did that well. You know, he'd joke around sometimes and you know, sometimes he'd watch messages that I might preach interstate or whatever and he'd send me through little scorecards You know, that was about a seven son, you know, and joke. But he'd always finish it with, just love you. I love you. You're doing a great job. You know, the small little things from people we know and love and people we don't know have incredible power in our lives. But then when we flip it and we turn it into gossip, which usually starts as a bit of fun or a desire for more information or a desire to be liked by other people. And so we start to get into the gossip It's dangerous because when we start to feed on gossip, we crave more and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden, those words of gossip, they're not life. They're not life-giving. Proverbs 16, 27 says, A scoundrel plots evil, and on their lips, it's like a scorching fire. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and gossip separates close friends. There'll be people in this room that have had relationships break up because of gossip. Jesus is saying, you've got an opportunity not to push people away, not to push people in the cave by what you're saying. You've got an opportunity to actually draw people into community with what you say. On a Sunday night when you get here, have you thought about going, you know what? I'm going to speak life over people tonight. On a Monday morning when you get up and you go to work or school or uni, what if you decided I am going to be a life giver? I'm going to speak life, not death. I'm gonna look for opportunities and prayerfully ask God to help me to be a life giver. Because the Bible says life and death and the power of the tongue. Okay, Murray, how can I be that? How can I speak people then out of the cave? If there are people that have isolated, if there are people that are separated, people that are hard to get along with, how can I bring them to a place of joy and connectedness? Well, let me give you a few ways that I find for me, I can speak people out of a cave. Well, God's encouraging me and encouraging you to speak people out of the cave. Firstly, if you're writing them down, think and pray before talking. Think and pray before talking. You know what that means? Hit the pause button before you go to respond. How many people, something happens, you say something and then you go, oh, I didn't mean to say that. And you're trying to get your foot out of your mouth. Because of what you just said. What would it look like for you just to pause a little and to think and to, God, is it before you actually say? You see, most of my mistakes occur because I don't engage my brain before I engage my tongue. Kaz says, amen. Because most of the arguments that we've had is when I want to tell Kaz something, I seek to make her understand me before I understand her. What would it look like if I shut up and listened? Paused, hit the pause button and really listened before I spoke. In a short book called The Tyranny of the Urgent, Charles Hummel says, it's often best to tell someone, I can't give an answer to that request until I go away and think and pray about it first. Sometimes it's okay to say, can I get back to you on that? Sometimes it's okay to go, they say something, it hurts, and you just go, I preached a message a while ago that talked about, about how you breathe God. And what I mean by that is, God, I want to hear your voice. What do you want me to say? God, I want to hear your voice. What do you want me to say? So in a breath, in a breath, that can stop you from saying something that you're going to regret later, and something that might push people away rather than bring them in. God, I know you're with me. What do you want me to say? What would it look like for you to hit the pause button? To seek first the kingdom of God. To seek first God before you make that response. Think and pray before you talk. Second, talk less and listen more. This flows on with what I was saying. Talk less and listen more. The Quakers, which is a a, a bunch of people who, who live a certain lifestyle, live a very natural lifestyle. The Quakers have a saying, and I love this saying. They say never break the silence unless you can improve on it. How many people are really feeling awkward right now because it's very quiet and the Murray's not saying anything. <laughs> How many people have to fill space with noise? Don't put your hand up, we probably know you anyway. It would be me too. What might it look like for you just to sit in the quiet and the silence and talk less and just allow the moment to be the moment? Talk less and listen more. I love Abraham Lincoln's quote. He says, It's better to remain silent and be thought of a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's good just to sit and to listen. Seek first to understand before you're understood. Ecclesiastes 3.7 says, there is a time to be silent and a time to speak. So what are the times then, Murray? What are the, help me out here. What are the times that I should hold my tongue? What are the times that I should go, actually, don't? What are the times where it's better to be quiet? Here's a couple. When you're tempted to say, I told you so, don't. <laughs> Particularly if you're married. What good is I, so, I told you so? You know you were right. They now know you were right. Don't spoil it. If you go to say, I told you so, there's no good time to say, I told you so. Take that line out of your language. If you have information that you think might make someone look bad, don't. Don't. What, what, what is the good of you sharing something that's gonna make someone else look bad? Because you think it makes you look better? All you're doing is speaking life, speaking death, yeah. over that other person. Whether it's to them or whether it's to someone else. If someone's upset and struggling, and you want to talk about your experience, don't. Yeah. Oh, that's like a time when I don't do that. Just just sit and listen. Sometimes the best thing you can say. What, what's the song? Go? You say it best when you say nothing at all. Have you heard that song? Sometimes that's what we need to do. Particularly those of us who talk more than 77,000 words or 20,000 words, depending on what chromosomes you have. Sometimes it's okay just to go, I'm just going to sit and listen because this is really sad and I don't have, I can empathize without saying that's like a time when I make it all about you. When you When you want to correct someone on a minor point, So, like when they're telling a story and they're telling it, and you were there and they're telling a story, and you know, I went to this restaurant and and I ordered a a drink and I was drinking my Coke. Oh, no, it was Fanta. (laughs) You know, you don't have to, if it's a minor point, just don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the story. It's okay to just sit there and listen. Listen more, talk less. When you want to tell someone about yourself, when you want to impress someone, and brag, don't, don't. Just allow them build other people up. If we're about loving God and loving others, then we don't have to build ourselves up. You and I should be so confident in who we are in Jesus that I don't have to tell someone else about who I am and how good I am and what I'm about. What I should be doing is telling them about them. I should be able to turn to Brian and say, Brian, the what you do on social media in this place is amazing. And the changes you've brought and what you're bringing into this place is incredible. And we're seeing an impact from that. And so you don't make it flattery. You don't make it smoke and bubbles. You make it truth. And you seek truth and you speak it out. And you speak it out and you speak it out. See, we're given two ears and one mouth for a purpose. Listen more, maybe for some of us speak less. Proverbs 18, 13 says, Sprouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Next one, real quick, encourage others. There are people all around us who are discouraged. So use life-giving words to build them up. I wonder how many words of encouragement you've spoken out this week. How often have you sought to encourage one another, the Scriptures say. Well, how are you doing with that? With your words and your words. You know, if you were paid a dollar for every kind word you said, and a dollar for every critical word and critical comment you said in all of your life, would you be rich or poor? Would you be rich or poor? Speak to a better future. Speak encouragement and correction and opportunity. Speak prophetically. Speak God's truth. And we'll get to that at the end. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but a harsh word makes tempers flare. Next one, stop boasting. We've hit on that already. It's unattractive. Proverbs 25, 27 says, it's not good to eat too much honey, self-indulgence, and it's not good to seek honor. It's not good to seek honors for yourself. Church, that's where we can make a difference. Where we can just speak life over others expecting nothing in return. Love God, love others. It's simple. Here's a way we can do that. Let's stand against the Jezebels of the world. Let them write their negativity. Let them write death. Let them write, and let's us be a church that is known for our encouragement to one another and not our boasting. And then the last two, let's get get right with people. How do we bring people out of the cave? How do you and I help bring people out of the cave? Let's get right with people. Real short story. There's a small Indonesian island called Sumba. And a small tribe on the island of Sumba called Tanjung Undu. Have you heard of them? Tanjung Undu, spelled U-N-D-U. Known, they're known as the land of the Undu people. The Undu people. And they're gifted with this, this function. They say it's a genetic function. I'm not sure how it'll work, so I'm, I'm not kind of... I don't understand how it all works, but they've, they're gifted with this undo function that allows them to really quickly take back something they've just said, and it's as if it wasn't said. Husbands, how cool would that be? Boyfriends, how cool would that be? So the last thing they said, they can take it back without anyone ever knowing or realising or having any impact. So a husband speaks harshly to his wife, no harm, just hit the undo button. Two people are gossiping about someone in church. They realize it, no harm, just hit the undo button. A word spoken in anger between two lifelong friends, but the relationship doesn't rupture because they just go, you know what, undo. And it's forgotten. It's forgiven and forgotten, undo. Now God didn't make an undo button for the things we say, but He created something called repentance and restoration and forgiveness. And it comes in a word. You know what that word is? sorry sorry so we get we get to say sorry we get to say sorry we get to say God I'm sorry to you for what I did and we get to say sorry to others when was the last time you said sorry I wonder whether you need to repent or go to someone and ask forgiveness for what you said maybe you've been carrying hurtful words yourself and this has come back to yourself a little bit but maybe you just need to let it go and forgive yourself and forgive that person and move forward Final one, I'll close with this. We wanna live right with God. See, God wants us to speak God's words over others. The most powerful words there are are these words. He says, speak Scripture. Speak truth over one another. Speak Scripture over one another. The only way we can speak it over one another is know the Word of God. Speak the Word of truth. Speak words of encouragement. Use words for His purpose. Commit to building up and not tearing down. It's so good to see you. You know, you were born for such a time as this. You are such a blessing to my life. Do you know how needed you are? Now I'm saying this to you, but I want you to think about who can I say this in terms of others? Because remember, we're talking about loving God, loving people. We're talking about what can I make a difference in bringing others out of the cave? But you know how you feel when you receive this. So what about saying it? You're an overcomer. You've been given a purpose. You are God's perfect design. You're His workmanship. What you just did was amazing. God's not finished with you yet. That is all Scripture. That's all the Word of God spoken out over people. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Bondage and freedom are in the words we speak. So speak life. And as I close... How many know that the greatest and most powerful word that you and I can speak is actually a name? The name above all names, in whom we have freedom, in whom rings healing and wholeness. That name is Jesus. And when you speak the name of Jesus over situations, over circumstances, over people. Watch what happens in their life as you pray over them, either with them or not with them. And you pray the name of Jesus. The most powerful name, the po- most powerful thing that can come out of our mouth is the name of Jesus. What would it look like to speak his name over situations and over circumstances and over your friends who you know are locked away in bondage in the cave? The name of Jesus. Produce good fruit by taking control of your words, because you and I can have a life-changing impact on others when we choose to speak life. I wonder how many tonight are in a place where you're going, "You know what, Murray? That's an area I need to look at. With God's help, I'm going to be a life speaker. I'm going to give life with the words that I write and the words that I speak. Imagine us being known. That is such an encouraging church. They are encouraging people because they care more for others than themselves. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for the power of words because we get to determine the direction of other people's lives by what we say. We can speak life over friends and family and people we don't even know, people we bump into in the streets. So, Father God, I pray for every person here that we might understand the truth of who you are. And in this moment right now, I pray that we would recognize the call in our lives to be life speakers. You know, you might be here tonight and you might be thinking... I, I need that change. I need that change. And so you might even be coming to God right now. I'd encourage you to come to Him with that repentant heart, which is just a heart that says, I got it wrong, God. I'm sorry. Will you help me? Now, and you know, I'd love to pray for you right now. You know, people in this room who, who, who are saying, you know what, I do. I, I want to be someone who starts to speak life in my words and my actions. Wherever you're at in your faith, whether, you, whether you're still checking out the Christian faith or whether you love Jesus, but you know this is an area in your life where you want God's empowerment, and God's truth. If that's you, I wanna pray for you right now. So if that's you, I just place your hand on your heart. Just place your hand on your heart because I'm gonna pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every person right now who's reaching out to you and saying, God, help me to be a life speaker. Help me to speak life, to draw people out of the cave and to never push anyone into isolation again. Help me to be known by the words I speak and the, 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 the words I write. Help me, Father, in this, in Jesus' name. And while every head's bowed and every eye is closed, you might be here tonight. And you know, you might never have thought about this Jesus helping you and walking with you, that you might have a life where you make a difference in the lives of others. This whole idea of making a difference, of being able to speak life, it comes because of who Jesus is in us. And so if you've never accepted Him, you've never asked Him, simply, it's just speaking a few simple words to Him and asking Him to come and to lead your life to forgive you from where you've been and to lead your life. And I would love the privilege of speaking words by praying over you with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you've never accepted Jesus and you say, you know what, it's time for me. I want you in my life so I can be one of these life speakers you're talking about, Murray. If that's you, once you raise your hand because I want to pray for you in this moment. That's awesome. Thank you for that hand. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Thank you. That's amazing. Awesome. There are others in this place who just say, you know what, I don't wanna live on my own anymore. I want this Jesus helping me, this Jesus Murray that you've been talking about. I want you helping me. Is there anyone else before I pray for those people? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I need Jesus, yep, fantastic, that's awesome. That's awesome, fantastic, praise God. Let's just encourage these people. People are saying yes to Jesus. You know, you're saying one word right now. You're saying yes to Jesus, but the word yes to Him is so powerful because your lives are changing. He's coming to be with you and in you, to lead you and guide you and direct you. And so church, we're all gonna just pray this prayer together, just really quietly. We're gonna pray this prayer with me. Would you do that, all of us? Dear God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that you are a God who speaks life. So would you come into my life? Forgive me for the times where I've ignored you and done things you haven't been happy with. From this day forward, I want to walk with you. I want to receive your truth. And I want to speak your truth. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you person insert.